You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. I brought the music back. I brought the music back. I brought the music back. The people have spoken and I I listened. And I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I could even go back and listen to episodes where I'm like, y'all are kind of quiet about the new intro. Quiet means you fucking hated it. Okay, I got it. Capiche. Capiche. Because someone wrote in and was like, hey, you know, great podcast. Monday was a good episode. I thought it was a good episode. And the intro, I've noticed, the new intro, the music's like a much subtler, more subtle. Is subtler a word? I don't know. More subtle. And it gets the message. like It's like, this is the Horny Housewife podcast where we... I'm like telling the new people why you showed up. It's a good reason you came here. And if someone's new right now, they could be like, did I walk in the wrong room? What's going on? Where are we? What is she talking about? Stay with us. Stay with us. But no, someone reached out, said they liked the, they missed the intro music. It really got it. So I took a poll. I'm like, okay. Someone took one from the team, shared it with me, and I polled you There was, I gave three choices. Do you want the new music back? You hate the, uh, you like the new, you like the new, or you want me to do the old intro music and like incorporate a new intro message. And it was like five, 4% wanted me to keep the new intro. And then the rest was split majority of like, bring it back, bitch. So, okay. Yeah. You're welcome to your dopamine. I am sorry to the dopamine hit of the intro music, and I will not do that again. I'm going to figure a way to pimp it out, get my, I need to get a message in there, a hello, welcome. This is the co-ed locker room talk, shooting the shit, talking about all your sex woes, your sex wins, leveling it up in our marriage, dating one another, so We don't just want to exist. We want to thrive. We want to enjoy it. We're maximizing pleasure. We're learning more, giggling a little bit about it. The first thing I wanted to start the episode off with was tomorrow's fucking Valentine's Day. So tomorrow is the day of love. And you know, my feelings for the holiday have evolved over the years as I've grown into a woman from being a little girl to a single woman when you just fucking hate Valentine's Day. You're like, don't remind me that no one wants to be my Valentine. And then to being married or dating even. And it's so exciting when you have a significant other and you feel like, yes, they've got to get me shit. You know, the consumerism is just the amount of money people we still all spend on Valentine's Day, man. It is mind boggling. No, I swear to God, I looked it up. It's like $25.9 billion in 2023. That is what? The average is $192.80 a person. And then the other one is men will spend almost twice as much as women on average. Fair. (laughs) Fair. I'm like a Valentine's Day is about me, 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 unless I will throw in a Valentine's if I'm going to forget about March 14th. And by forgetting about March 14th, I've talked about it before. It's somewhere in this podcast. I was nicer then. I've evolved since then. This is like a little journal that y'all get to be a part of. And you get to see me be married. (laughs) You get to see me every week. This podcast is basically in real time. Interviews get put out at different times, but like you're getting me each week, baby. It also went on to say that most people like buy jewelry and go out to eat. And I know everybody has their personal preference on the holiday. Some people are like, it is just another fucking day. Like I am 
however many years old, or I've been married X amount of time, I just don't really give a shit. Or some people, they have their acknowledgement of one another and like their little cutesy high buy into the holiday, which by the way, I know I'm hating on buying into the holiday and I have fully marketed like, this is what you should get your significant other for Valentine's Day. Because if you can't beat them, fucking join them. I'd be pissed if I didn't get something. I'm just going to be completely honest. And I'm sure a lot of men are married to women who it's like, (laughs) there better be something for me. Show your appreciation, especially if she's a horny housewife. Is she getting that dick? Is she taking care of you and milking you as a man? Then by golly, you better be showing some appreciation because whether you like it or not, or y'all agree or y'all vibe with the holiday, if she has social media, if there's anything, she's going to see it all around her. And you don't want to be the guy who she, you have a baddie, you have a baddie with you and you didn't be like, Hey baby, I, I know this is a day. That's a little more romantic than the others, supposedly. So I just want to show a little appreciation and whatever. That could look like so many different. There are free ways to show you give a fuck and you just want to be a little sweeter. Have a little more game today, fellas. Okay, it won't hurt. And hey, I'll stop writing on the guy's jock and ladies, I know, I know, I actually can relate to being like, you know what, it's Tuesday and I ate a lot of Chinese food tonight on our Valentine's night in and I don't feel sexy, I feel bloated and I don't want to have sex with him and I don't even care just because it's Valentine's Day, I'll see him tomorrow night. I get it, I get it and I don't care. That situation is shitty. When one person is really looking forward to fucking, rejection never really, God damn it. Rejection never really feels good. And, you know, I think you go with the vibe, you vibe the atmosphere, but sometimes both people are like happy and married and are like, you know what, let's wake up and fuck. We can go to bed because we are in a food coma. And others, they don't get to see each other every single day. Their work schedules, it's like ships passing in the night. And these nights matter. And connecting, being intentional about the vibe, dressing a little sexier, showing that cleavage, that leg, whip out those heels, wear some lingerie under the dress. Did I say did I say it right? Lingerie. Lingerie under the dress and make sure your husband knows what hot pussy he has at home. So really gauge your situation. You've got to be able to read the room here, ladies, and know which one is your situation for this Valentine's Day. PSA, right turn, segueing over. I was reading about young people, people in their 20s are having less sex than like ever, or not ever, but I know that a lot of 120-something-year-olds were interviewed about sex, 68% of them felt negatively about their sex life. And I mean, we could go into long-term married people, people married, you know, five to seven years, one to seven years. I think we, there could be a million motherfucking studies of disappointed people who want some more sex, but that these people all tended to believe that their peers were having about twice as much sex as they were actually having and that the average person was having sex five times a month. So don't ever fucking waste any time, any time comparing yourself to what you think it should look like and how much sex you should be having. If you're both happy and content and you can have these conversations, which I know a lot of couples are like, we aren't there, Jordan. We have some issues. We listen to listening questions very intently. But if you are a couple who's like, we, I mean, it's pretty good. I think we're pretty good, like good in this department. We enjoy it. We're always looking to level up and no one's like dying or feeling neglected or whatever. Then you should never, ever get insecure about thinking, is this what it's supposed to look like? Because tomato, tomato. Is that the saying? I don't know. Akuna Matata. To each their own. Half of them are fucking lying, most likely. Stop lying about how much fucking sex you're having. It's weird. And 
what works for Susie and Ben might not work for Chad and Julie. Okay, he's a pilot. She's a like some couples are, you know, different schedules. Some couples are always together. Some couples don't have kids, or they are empty nesters, or their kids are older. Some. Couples have little kids that suck the fucking life out of them and are literally, literally living, breathing cock blocks. Okay? Seasons. Shut the fuck up. Worry about yourself. What's going on behind closed doors. Make sure it's all good. Doesn't matter what they're doing next door. Okay? But I am totally curious to know as to why I like Gen Z is having less sex. Like, do we think that, or am I pissing any Gen Zs off? I don't feel like a lot of Gen Zs listen to this show. I I don't know if that's like a bad thing or a good thing. Good thing. I'm a millennial, and I you know what, and I'm proud of it. Okay, and I know the boomers are like the millennials. We're on our way out, so the millennials are our last hope. What are we, uh, children of millennials? I think that's going to be a good crowd because they, you know, they've got a lot of the cultural, like gen, they're growing up in Gen Z's culture, but they're raised by millennials. It's going to be an interesting breed. It's going to be an interesting breed, and I'm here for it. Scared, terrified, but here for it. Are we ready for listener questions? I feel like we are. Mommy's got merch. Did you did you know? Have you known? I'm sipping a little hot cocoa out of my mildly toxic mug right now. It's cute as fuck. I also have a delicious little apron that says, I'll cook dinner, eat me for dessert, arrow to the pussy. Really appropriate to cook around with your children in. And it has a little cupcake right under the dessert. So you could always be like, you know, mommy's the dessert because she's the prize of this family. Or like, hopefully your kids can't read. And if they're like 17, they can get the fuck over it and be like, mommy and daddy, fuck. That's what's up. If you're looking for something a little more low key, get a sweatshirt, get a hoodie, rep the show, support the show, love the host. I love you. Okay, let's answer some questions. Question number one, how often are people giving oral sex to their male partner? My significant other said he cheated on me because he wanted his dick sucked and he wasn't getting enough. Been together 11 years and I admit I don't do oral that often, but we do have sex at least one to two, t- one to two times a week. 11 years, that reminds me of last week's 11 years. Okay, well, okay, first of all, I don't like the, I cheated on you because you don't suck my dick. Like, Jesus, like the end, we could, there could have been so much in between the time of being dissatisfied with what's not happening in the bedroom or sexually that to going and getting it somewhere else. Like, no bueno. That just means he's a piece of shit because I feel like if you're really intentional, you really don't like something that's going on or you really want change and you're a good person. And if you are, say you're in a monogamous relationship, then it is your duty. You signed up, you committed, you took vows, you did that whole thing. It's your, you got to come to them and be like, hey, this is important to me. I mean, I can't see why you would marry someone if you loved blowjobs that doesn't give blowjobs, but 11 years, I mean, has he brought this up to you before? I'm missing, I'm sure, so much information, but if he's brought this up, because 11 years, then, and you're just like turning a blind eye, I mean, I think, I love a willing partner. That's just personal preference. I think being experimental and that what that constitutes as experimental to each their own. There's a spectrum, but oral sex, I mean, like, come on, you want me to be just realistic with you? Like, I think it's, you know, no fun. I mean, the poor man is going to wonder about a mouth around it. I know what's not some lady's favorite thing to do, but I, I vote you do it. I'm sure there's someone out there gasping and be like, Jordan is telling someone to do something they don't want to do. No, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But hey, your boyfriend might be watching oral sex porn all the time and fantasizing about other women sucking his dick. 
So, you know, make whatever bed you want and get cozy in it. Hmm. Okay, let's finish. Uh, I admit I don't do oral that often. Okay, okay. And you have sex one to two times a week. So I think you're going to have to up the oral if I'm answering you like in a girl code way. Like, if you were my sister, my bestest friend ever, I'd be like, you need to suck his dick more, bitch. That's probably what I would do if you're my bestie on the phone. But... You are fucking him. And he sounds like an asshole, though. I'm not, this is not your fault. Don't blame you. Don't be like, well, I deserved it because I wasn't sucking. Is it you are not neglecting milking the main vein? Okay. Does he make you come? Does he prioritize your orgasm? Does he eat your pussy? These are all good questions to ask yourself as well. So I don't think anything justifies. And I make the videos and the comments like, hey, so-and-so can't be bitching if she's told Todd she's been tired every night for three months, and then the three months before that, she had a migraine every night, and then three months before that, little Johnny needed her for three... It's like, you might get cheated on. You're, you're, if you blow them off for that long, you're nothing good is growing, okay? I promise you his dick is still there in his pants, and I know the ladies know if your man's is a working one or not, if he's what the appetite is there. I'm sure you can gauge it. And if you are just blowing him off, I just don't see anything fun and rewarding coming from that. I see resentment and it doesn't, nothing like means a guy should go be a piece of shit. If you're married to a person who is not willing, then I guess you shouldn't be married to them. I don't, no easy way to say it. And I didn't mean just willing to fuck. I meant willing to make things better, to get to a place where you can experience intimacy and pleasure with one another. Find out what that looks like. Go on and if you can't get there, if someone hates your guts or you hate theirs, you know, just you got to look at the situation realistically. So I don't know what he's doing and I don't know what you're doing, but from the information I've been given, my vote is that was a lame reason to cheat. So if you're going to be with him, I guess you're going to be with him. But if he does it again, then I, I already think he's full of shit for using that excuse. But maybe you should call out, say lame excuse. But my bad, it doesn't sound very fun to suck your dick anymore knowing you had to put it in someone else's mouth. Maybe you could never. Maybe it inspires you. I don't know. Maybe he's not worthy, though. So food for thought. Question number two. I think this is going to be really relatable for the ladies that have been married for a man. And I think that I'm going to help some guys or maybe hopefully inspire some guys to get a little creative, okay, for effort. Love the show. My husband and I have always had such a fire sex life. The actual act is still always so good, even after marriage and kids. He knows what to do and how to do it. However, I feel like the initiation has gotten a little lazy. Now I get it. Things are different and sometimes we just have to plan sex after kids go to bed and all. I just feel like there's no effort to start things up. It's always just a funny comment or question like, are we going to do it tonight? And then I'll walk into the bedroom and he's like, laying there on his phone or like sitting there in his boxers, just waiting for me to hop on. I know it can't always be this crazy hot buildup or spontaneous like it was in the beginning, which man, do I wish there was a little pushing me up against a wall, ripping my clothes off, kissing my neck, something mildly toxic advice, please. You got to get the mug. Okay. So I felt for you, girl. I feel, I feel, I feel for you. I feel like that's such a, a, a thing. I haven't figured this one all the way out. So I'm just going to like talk to you like a sister, bounce some ideas off of you. You better fucking follow up with me. W one thing I think that could definitely work as far as just kind of like wowing him, <clears throat> making him have like a, a jaw drop moment or like a real like appreciation for the baddie or appreciation for the intentional like, ooh, she is like wanting to fuck right now or something of like giving up the vibe of what kind of fuck you're trying to have. Are you following me? Are you following me? Okay. I think I would need you here to be brainstorming, but 
what is something that you would like totally not normally do? Maybe even something that makes you feel like a little like nervous. Like, would you be willing to put on some like really weird porn and he watches, he he walks in on you and you have some sort of like really erotic thing going on? You could go up there, do that, make a horrific video, like get anal beads, like not a horrific, like an amazing video and you video uh, you pulling them out of your ass and be send it to him and be like, come upstairs. Or you could, is be, could we get a babysitter and we go out and do something totally fun, go to a comedy show, do drugs, just kidding. <laughs> Go to a comedy show, drink an espresso martini. Go, don't. I was kidding about the drugs because then you can't have sex. So we want you to fuck. So we want you to. We don't know want no whiskey dick. We don't want his dick not to function. We need it to be lovely, engaging, erotic. Go to a strip club. That, that wasn't a joke. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe these are ideas that you are like no, no, n o spells no. Where are you going with this? But I think you could find, figure out something that you're like, okay, this might make him be like, damn, kind of moment. And you're like, how does this solve my initiation problem? Well, before we wow him with this, you could just totally ignore him for seven days. And I and the man on here like, excuse me, I don't mean ignore him. Like be sweet, respectful, everything you normally would be, his friend, his teammate, his lover, but don't be so DTF available. I say this because I'm so DTF available. And guess what? It's not hot. Like when you are, when it, something becomes predictable and routine, it's not always as exciting. It doesn't mean it's not appreciated, loved, adored, and cherished. Okay. But it doesn't mean it's like exciting, thrilling, you're anticipating anxious, hot, heavy, and sometimes mixing it up or just like pumping the brakes, take care of yourself, like masturbate and be like, I'm taking a break from your dick right now. Like do your own thing. I don't know. That's maybe me being really psycho and toxic and playing mind games. Like you and Pamela Henderson have a great night. Fuck off. But You don't need to be. I'm a Scorpio rising. It's a problem. It's a mental illness I have. But yeah, you don't even have to go a mildly toxic route. You can just have a conversation with him. Say, hey, you could even start a conversation about like fantasy, desire, kink, like play the fucking game I was talking about last week. Let's get deep. Anything. You could segue into this so non-aggressively, doesn't even know what hit him. And you share that you enjoy being submissive. You really like fantasize about the take charge role. Give him a little hinsky hinsky. And men, when you get a hint, can you fucking take a hint? And women, if you want to help him out, you're going to have to give a heavy, a heavy hint. But a hint, and you're gonna want to write it on your shirt so he can read it in black and fucking white. Spell it out if you need to, sister. I know it can be uncomfortable. I don't want you to emasculate him. I don't want you to say, hey, like, I don't like this. I wish you did this. We don't want to like make him feel less than. There's a way, just like I told the guys, timing and delivery, same thing. You're going to want to start it off with an ego stroke. Uh, you have a fantasy of him coming in and pushing you up against the stove and ripping your panties off with his teeth. I don't know. You could share. Yeah, you could watch some porn together. You could do all kinds of things all over the spectrum of freaky, mild to spicy. And I think you'll get that extra. It doesn't sound like you're lost with him. It doesn't sound like you have a bad sex life. It sounds like y'all are totally fucking not even normal. You're better than normal. You are above mediocre. It sounds like you have something to be grateful for. And I think with a little intention on both of your parts, and I mean, mildly toxic is, is about, like that's as much almost too far. You don't need to go toxic with this. You can just mix it up. Maybe not be so predictable, throw him for a loop, keep him on his toesy, 
wear something just whoa on a Tuesday night, you catch my drift. And if you're feeling blue, feeling like, well, you know, I think I could excite him. I think I could wow him. But maybe it's I'm sick of like the me trying and I want to see him desire me. It could be bingo, ding, 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 ding. That is the pain point there. And with that one, it's like, you know, that's why I feel like the the toxic in me part says then just to kind of back off. And I think that that's the bad, that's bad advice though. Because I think that that's when you have to choose your partner and choose what's going to water your marriage. And I think then having that conversation of just like, hey, I could see how after a long time together, it can get routine and I don't want it to be. So, well, what's your fantasy? Tell me, tell me. And don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. So if you are really ready to, not saying he's got to like, fuck you up with his answer, guys. Don't be stupid. But, you know, you can evolve together. There's so many options on the table. You're not fucked. You're not doomed. And to all the men listening, if you feel like maybe you can reflect on your sex life and you feel like you're the kind of doing the same thing this woman describes coming in and just expecting like when you get in bed that you're just able to enter her at every, you know, every night because she's your wife. Mix it up a little. It's really fucking boring. In my relationship before my husband, I we giggle about this. I was like, I couldn't get in bed without being entered. Like it was an every single day. So that was a great example of we basically had sex almost every single day, maybe every other day. Me and my husband don't have sex every day. The sex is better with my husband than it is with my ex-boyfriend because it was every day I knew it was going to happen. There was one time that I literally bent over the bed and I grabbed my phone and I put porn on and I laid it on my back. I said, let's mix it up. Try this. Because it was just like, I can't take it anymore. I can't. (laughs) I think that was kind of how I knew That sounds terrible and horrific, and I made a lot of mistakes in that relationship, but I just knew that it meant when a couple says they're doing it every day doesn't mean that they are having rockstar awesome sex. It means they're in a routine. A routine can become a routine, and it's not fun when you're doing, even if you're mixing it up. It could be this: you're you're getting in five different positions. If it's the same five different positions... There's only so many ways you can turn the dial. So I guess that's where my mildly toxic advice of distance makes the heart grow fonder advice of like, uh, okay, miss my pussy then. So I don't think I helped you whatsoever. Let's move on to something that we got some feedback from last week's episode. Was it last week's? It was about cock rings. We were talking about penis leaves. If you want to know more, go listen But someone wrote in, since you were talking sex toys and specifically cock rings, it does not seem to get mentioned much, but cock rings can be very useful in fighting erectile dysfunction. The pills help increase blood flow, but in many cases, they're a lack of muscle control to control outflow. Hmm. There are fancy devices for this, but a cock ring will do the job of constricting that outflow. So I don't have a dick. For those dick owners, I hope I think that made sense. Does that make sense? I'm thinking about it, and like you're you're capturing that blood flow. I could see how it would make it lo- like harder. It would definitely make any guy could wear a cock ring. I think it's supposed to just make it kind of bigger, harder, veiny, capture the blood, and it's just like I'm I'm having a mental picture of like a veiny, bulging dick. But yeah, I could see how that would help. That's good information to pass along. Thank you. And if anyone wants to ever write in, ask a question, give a little feedback, insight, story time, confession, whoa, go to my website, thehornyhousewifepodcast.com, and there's an Ask Anonymous forum. Just scroll on down or click the tab. You will find everything there, the merch there, the Patreon. It'll get you to where you want to go. 
or you could DM me at underscore the horny housewife podcast. I'll get all the context there. If you're curious about the Patreon, that is the place where I upload audio erotica every Wednesday. So super sexy stories, great addition into the bedroom, incorporate away. This is foreplay people doing the Lord's work and reading filthy smudge. Kidding. Are we ready for the topic of the hour? You don't even know what it is. Here's a little henty, henty, it's partnered practice. I mean, I guess, I guess you could do it to yourself, but I don't think that that would get us to where we're going. Does anybody know? Anybody know? Spanking. Erotic spanking. That was my hands, but did it sound like it? Mm, mm. Have we talked about spanking? I feel like there was an episode where I have talked about it, not just for like two minutes either. But this is like, I did my fucking homework. I watched an entire, through an educational course platform, okay? This is not a plug. I'm just going to say that part only. If you know, you know. But I watched a dominant spanking scene that was created with the purpose of educating. A full spanking scene, dominant spanking session. And I'm going to paint this picture for you. So I got the visual. I'm going to paint the picture Maybe give you a little technique as far as spanking, it goes deeper. So if you're wanting to dive deep and you can, you can go there with your partner and educate yourself and do your do, 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 do your do, 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 do diligence, okay? And learn the art of spanking. The combination of pain and pleasure. I feel like I've said this before, and I think a lot of women can relate. Have you ever been standing in front of the oven or at the kitchen sink? This sounds so cliche, just in the kitchen where I belong. And my husband walks by me and spanks my ass. And a lot of the times it's like, "Mm." sometimes I'm like, ow, like fucking ow. But if I would have received that same spanking, even twice as hard as the one that I said ow while being penetrated or horny or worked up or just in bed with him. I would there would have been no ow. It would have been a pushback. It would have been a yes daddy. It would have been a okay. So I feel like when the blood is pumping, when you're in the moment, when you're really sitting in your senses and being present with all the physical sensations and the arousal, then chef's kiss, good experience. So I'm sure this could be something you're curious about, you're wanting to try. And there's a nice gauge range of how you can go about this. You don't have to beat her ass, okay? You don't have to get your ass beat, Okay, this can be, we're going to have safe words and boundaries and you fucking communicate. Okay, so now maybe your ears have perked up. Maybe you're like, okay, this is something I think we should give it a go. I think I might enjoy this. And just think, I mean, you can, beyond being spanked, say you're draped over his legs or draped over the couch or you're leaned up against the wall with your hands on the wall and you're kind of bent over with your butt out. You you can, unless he has your hands bondaged, which if you want to take it to that way where your hands are tied behind your back or tied together and he is putting them up on the wall. In the scene I saw, the dominance play, she was con- constrained, restrained. I feel like I sound dumber and dumber every episode. When I don't edit and go look it up immediately, I should start being that again. Because I'm just acting like you're going to correct me. And there's no one in the closet here with me to correct me. But I feel like I've heard restraints and constraints. And I don't don't know. I'm going to find this out. I'll get back to you. I'm sure one of you smarty pants 
is going to be in my DMs. There always is. And I don't hate you. I don't thank you. I appreciate you. But let's say you do have a free hand. Friction on the clip, baby. When That's why I always suggest anal, you know, on your back, missionary, because the friction in the front, just no pain. So maybe... Maybe you're really into the pain and pleasure of the spank. That's what I would hope. I would hope that that's who's trying this. But maybe you're uh, hesitant and think it's really going to hurt. You never know. I'd give it a go. And then we can scale back and he doesn't have to slap it as hard. But let's get technical first, okay? Let's talk about where you're going to spank. Finding the sweet spot, you want to aim your spanks. Isn't this funny? I'm saying spanks so much. Spanks at the fleshiest part of the butt. So striking any area that is close to bone is only going to hurt. It won't feel erotic or pleasurable. Maybe to the guy, he has no idea. But I feel like you both know. You're like, mm, that wasn't like a harmonious slap. That was like a harsh, like... I just hit your bone. And for all the skinny girls, oh, God, me, like, uh. you know, I used to, when I was in college, I weighed about 15 pounds more than I do now. I had the nicest ass. I did. And I sound like one of those old ladies talking about a better time. And I love, I would pick this weight now. I would over my college weight, drinking a lot of beer because I just feel better naked in a bikini, all of that. I loved the ass, but I didn't like like my face and my stomach. So I don't know. You can't have it all. You can't have it all. But I definitely feel like sometimes I get spanked in the wrong place. And it's like my tail went in between my legs because I'm like, I have a bony ass. I don't have a big ass. I wouldn't say I don't have one. She has one. There is one there. And I should be appreciative of her. But I could I could go for some more meat. And I'm not a fake butt girl. Okay, we need to get back on fucking topic, bitch. Let's get specific. Okay, we said it won't be erotic on the bone. Don't strike uh, the sacrum, the little flat triangular bone at the base. Okay, don't hit her lower back. God, God. Have you ever had a robe on and gotten spanked in the lower back? I'm like, hello. Wrong place, asshole. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to the chiropractor. The thighs are sensitive, but hey, some girls love a little thigh gripple. So in general, it's a good idea to avoid striking the thighs, but until you, you know, have a green light with where they like to be grabbed, scratched, and spanked. Spanked is what we're talking about. And some people it's very sensitive in the inner thighs. So let's be butt-focused for this episode. Fleshiest part of your lover's ass. If your lover is a tiny girl, you may only have a hand's worth of area to aim for. If they're fleshier, you've got, you can spread the spanks out, okay? You're luckier. We are all jealous. Shut the fuck up. Now, what I'm talking about when I say sweet spot is not just like, you said it, Jordan, the fleshiest place of her ass. That's a great place to aim is the center spot. But there's also this great spot on the bottom curve of the ass that feels amazing. And they call it the sweet spot because it tends to send a big vibration wave straight to the genitals. Show me your genitals, your genitals. Show me your genitals, your genitalia. Remember that song, guys? <laughs> Do you remember that? I, I'm in a closet that's completely pitch black and it's just become my own space 40 minutes in. Okay. We're creating a very arousing sensation with each spank. The sweet spot's going to send like jiggle, 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 and it's going to jiggle the pussy. And shit, this could totally not just be for a girl. I'm leaving the men out. This can go any way, whatever way applies to you. Whatever ass attached to whatever genital don't give a fuck. And I and it's going to tingle either genital. The sweet spot is the sweet spot. Everybody's got a butt. So over time, you'll get to know your lover's butt. If you're married, you may be like, 
Jordan, I know her butt like the back of my hand. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, you know what? That's actually a place that I just grab onto, love, spank occasionally. Maybe you're like, yeah, and doggy, sometimes I'll give her a nice spank. But have you ever tried? We are focusing on the eroticism of the spank and maybe, maybe she will climax from the spank. So I was going to say, have you ever tried to spank her to climax? I don't want to even put that sentence in your head because then I feel like the men get task focused and just are going to go to town. And I want this just to be whatever it is, an experiment, a trial, curiosity, play, foreplay, just a moment in time, slow down, just totally slow it the fuck down because we're learning right now. And with this, you'll get better at it. You'll become a better spanker. And then you'll know new things that you didn't know that you were ever going to know before. And maybe she's going to find a new way to come or something that really gets her engine a roaring. Maybe this will tie into foreplay or role play. I meant to say role play. It could be some naughty schoolgirl shit segueing to a spanking. Or, oh, a long time ago, I did an episode on domestic discipline. <laughs> Might need a round two of that shit. That is wild. I can't, That just came in my brain. I got to exit that out because I will just talk, 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 talk. Can't even go there. Domestic discipline is not what I would call erotic. It's what I would call weird, okay? Let's get back on topic. I have a diagram of a butt in front of me, and it's got like X's all on the top, like the top of the butt, an X on the sacrum, and a check mark on both those cheeks. And then right where that little line, so some people don't have a big fat ass, so they don't have a line all the way across. So even on the tiniest ass ever, a non-existent ass, the part that it starts to like curve near their genital, that's the cuppy area. And that is the star. We got a big star right there, right on that region, not any lower, not those thighs. If you're listening on a Monday, I'm going to go put it on my fucking Instagram story and you're going to get a little looksy looksy. But I'm sure all of y'all are smart and you don't even need to look. Now let's move on to positions. Assuming the position, now that we know the the sweet spots, the green light, good to go areas. Real quick, I will say PSA. Before you even dive into all the physical aspect of this, it is important to set the stage for a successful spanking session. And with that needs to be said, a conversation surely should happen. If this episode inspires you and you're both eyebrows raised to this, then segue into it. You can discuss what you find hot about spanking and then what will and will not happen, aka desires for the experience and boundaries either one of you had. And then develop a safe word. So something that, you know, you can know, okay, that was a no-go. And the reason it's good to do this beforehand and not just kind of go into it and then she's communicating about like, no, I, I don't feel comfortable doing this or don't do it like that. Like, oh, that's too hard. If you could establish some boundaries of what you're like, I'm not okay with it doing this or if I say my safe word, like do not keep doing X, Y, and Z, whatever. If you have this like verbal negotiation going on during the experience, it can kind of drain the excitement. Not to say it won't ruin it. And I still think it's worth voicing anything you need to at any time, obviously. And then you are better set and prepared for the next time. In this course, it was a educated course. So if you know, you know. I loved that they shared like, basically, it'll take dozens of times before you really got the blueprint on your partner for this. And you should strive to have the kind of relationship where making requests and setting boundaries is just simply a part of how you create this awesome erotic experience together rather than being clinical or embarrassing. So I think that's a great, great goal to have. So, okay. Positions. There's many great positions for erotic spanking. You can experiment with all of them. Find your favorite. 
try with ones, come up with your own. So obviously we have over the knee, which is classic, classic spanky, spanky bizish. The person doing the spanking should get comfy, either in a chair, couch, or sitting in a bed. The person being spanked will lie over their lover's lap with their butt centrally located. Most of the weight of the bottom should be over the top's thighs, not over their knees. This allows the bottom to surrender more weight more comfortably. Also, this position is super intimate. And for many people, it has like a inherent power dynamic. For many people, this will create a feeling of being a naughty little girl, being disciplined. Uh, It's a very comfortable position that allows the person doing the spanking to be stoic, relaxed, comfy, while providing a great range of motion for the spanking hand. It also keeps the buttocks round, relaxed, allowing them to receive more impact less pain. In general, like the more tense you are, the more uncomfortable and not enjoyable. It's going to hurt when it receives that impact. Keep that in mind when you're exploring positions. Go for one where the bottom can relax and you can like gel into that position, into that experience. Uh, Some people like to take advantage of this position by grinding their genitals into the knees, the lap, see friction, like a little rubby-dub-dub, chef's kiss, 10 out of 10 recommend, and that's a hot way to amp it up. And for the guys, the guys giving the spankings, your free hand, your non-dominant hand, use it, like caress her back, her neck, her hair. You can pull her hair if you want to do that. That could be hot if she's game with it. Check in with them, see if that's cool. If they have K-tip extensions, uh, tape-ins, maybe any extensions, this could be like a no-go. So if you know she really loves her hair, then caress. (laughs) Okay, caress. Uh, A hair-pulling tip, grab a full handful and pull it evenly if you uh, do a sharp yank, you it's not going to go well. Okay? Okay. Medium. Next position, over one knee facing backwards. Okay? So, like, imagine a daddy, you, him, sitting on the bed, okay? And then I'm, like, you know, my feet are planted on the ground. I'm at sitting on the edge of the bed facing outwards. And then uh, me... I'm laying over one of those legs and then the bed. And so it's kind of like a position if you were grabbing your kid and bending them over you and using an object to get in that spank because they are fighting the spank. This is a very hot position considered by many that I have never seen taught anywhere else except uneducated. So very cool, very cool. But yes, this position allows like super extra awesome genital friction with like being straddled on top of that thigh. You, I mean, it is nice because they can both kind of be grinding into one another. It makes it easier for the top to spank both cheeks using both hands at the same time if they wanted to too. So recommend trying that. You might not want find that position for spanking just on any old little Google article. So <laughs> moving on, we got the doggy style hands and knees and, you know, obviously preferably be on a soft surface. I'm 33 and my knees are just shot. I swear to God. This position could be modified by moving to your uh, knees and elbows That would allow you to thrust your butt higher, ladies, into the air and rest more comfortably on your elbows and forearms and you just take it, sweetheart. Like I'm going to just be wild and say incorporate a finger. Like You can get to spanking and fingering butt or pussy. This is me going off course. This course was specifically like entitled erotic spanking, okay? (laughs) And I'm just saying I can envision a finger happening and it'd just be a beautiful experience. But I could also see how if you're really trying to be intentional about a uh, a kink or a certain type of play, you wanting to see the outcome of that experience. I could see how that could be interesting. Like how this spanky spanky, how it could just heighten. And I don't know, it, it's mind blowing sometimes how one action can get you from 
zero to 100. So in this doggy side, doggy side, doggy style position, being along one side of the bottom allows the top to have a more comfortable swing and make an impact on the best part of the butt. So the top could be alongside or behind them either way. And again, easy access to the genitals here. Easy access. And I guarantee you it's a very visually arousing position. So we like a little vis. And last but not least, using furniture or standing and using a wall, using whatever you're standing. You can bend over while you stand and not be using anything. It's uh, one of those positions I think is sexy and ideal, but maybe better as a fantasy than reality is what I what I heard in the course, especially if high heels are added, because when you are wearing those bad boys, the muscles are flexed. So when you're like standing, it's get and flexed, it's gonna feel like severe, not as pleasurable, might look hot, but you really don't get the best kind of spank in. It could be a great way to start the spanking scene, air quotes, but you can go deeper if you transition to a more comfortable position where the woman, you as the receiver can really be in that receptive mode and relax and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And that is our goal here. Okay. We are going to run out of time. We are going to run out of time and I have way more things to tell you. So now let's talk about the five techniques, like of how to spank the different hand positions. I'm going to try to go fast and be efficient, relaxed hand. Basic spanking technique, keep your hand relaxed, fingers pressed together, and you don't spank with, spank with open fingers, by the way, okay? You could injure your own hand. It doesn't feel very good for the receiver to be open-handed. So with a smooth, relaxed hand, spank the butt, allowing your hand to pivot on the wrist and fall into the flesh. If you want to make the spank more thuddy, Stay in contact with the ass after you land your blow. So don't immediately bounce back up. Think about aiming for just below the surface of the flesh rather than the skin itself. To make it more stingy, bounce your hand up quick after impact. Like, you know when someone whips you with a towel? It's like, a, that stings. Am I hurting? Anyone who's wearing AirPods with my sound effects. Okay stiff hand. You can also make your hand more rigid, locking your wrist joint and spanking with more of like a paddle-like motion. This will feel sharper and more severe. It's not good for your wrist and your hand, dudes, or top, whatever, whoever's doing this. Not super great for that, but so don't use this technique for like the entire time or you're going to like fuck your wrist up, but feel free to mix it in to create more of a variety of sensations once that ass is warmed up. Cupped hand. I liked seeing like the difference of the relaxed hand and then the cupped hand. It seemed cool. Curve your hand, make a small cup. Like I'm talking like as if you were like lapping water into your mouth or something. Bring your hand down and spank with your cupped hand. This is going to feel less intense and create less of a stinging sensation. Perfect if you're like, this sounds erotic and super sexy, but I'm not really big on pain and pleasure, and I actually have an extremely low pain tolerance, even during sex, Jordan. Like, what shall I do? There, I think the cupped could be fun for you. We could start there. And you will feel that doesn't feel as stingy, okay? And it's a great way to begin. It allows you to open up the spanking with lower intensity sensations. Good technique to use after a few intense spanks, kind of like back up, back it up a little bit, back off when you want to keep the momentum up, but you want to give Lover Girl a little break to recover. And last but not least, forearm blows. That is one of Beducated's favorite techniques. They call it their top secret sex technique. Use your forearm to deliver a long, heavy blow across both butt cheeks at once. Feels a little bit like being hit with a padded baseball bat. Delivered at the right time in a spanking, this can create a big, heavy, 
thudding sensation that can really surprise your lover and almost knock the wind out of them. So you, you should know that. Use this to create a sensation of heavy brute force an intensity that doesn't hurt so much as deliver a feeling of power and strength. And I took that directly from this course, which by the way, I wasn't paid to say any of this, give this course. It was something I took on my own. If you are so curious though, just message me. If you're like, where did you take this course? Because I want to see all what you were talking about and get the visual and learn more. Just DM me and I will tell you so I don't have to annoy anybody by doing an ad that's not supposed to be here. (laughs) But yeah, that is how, you know, I really actually love them and use the things I talk about to y'all. I do so much. I love it so much. So there were some techniques. I hope that some of those maybe surprised you or you didn't know about or you're eager to try. There were many, many, many more segments of this course. And by many, I mean, like I just scratched the surface, but I did, I had to scroll down and get to the full spanking scene, dominant spanking session. And I watched. And so here we go. So basically the top was standing and the bottom Miss Spanky was on her knees and she had her hands behind her back. They were not tied, but I believe it was made known between them that she was to keep her hands behind her back. And the top began to stroke, rub her hair, and lean her forward, and rub her ass, and warm it up, and graze, and caress. I'm obviously assuming they had a conversation about how grabby, aggressive, etc. they were going to be. And then... The top proceeded to stand up the bottom and bring her to a mirror where her hands were tied up together and above her head and she was leaned over. And that is where the spanking began. She proceeded to tease and spank, then move her over to the couch where she was now draped over the, you know, arm rest, whatever, the end of the couch. And spanked there, got on her knees, spanked there. You can imagine and get great ideas of how it went. And basically, all the positions I explained was done in a variety of ways. And the rhythm of the spank and the tempo, like a Travis Barker shit. No, just kidding. But literally, you can really play up with variety, tempo, speed, how hard intensity, that's the word I'm looking for. And the video, obviously, that component was a, was really great. That's what really shows me what the fuck is up. So I did my best in trying to tell you how to dive in and a nice little good outline. And I think you could do something with it. It definitely could get you on the track, ignite the curiosity, and you go from here. So... Now you have a good resource. You can go on Beducated and explore further. Hit me up. I'll show you where that's at. And maybe add erotic spanking to the to-do list of something you want to try in the bedroom after date night. Maybe you want like Mexican and a good spanking. I'm just kidding. That sounds awful, Jordan. That sounds God awful. But maybe your Valentine was really naughty and you're like, Let's twist it up and punish each other for Valentine's Day instead of saying all the reasons why we like each other. Let's mix it up. So do with that information what you will. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Give it five stars on Apple Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed, not just listening, not just going and clicking the next episode. Make sure you are subscribed and following this show because it helps me out. And I really appreciate it so much. I will tell you, I have some really exciting interviews that are coming up. Not only shows I'm going on, but guests to bring on to give you some awesome content. I am a picky bitch about the guest, and I've gotten pickier and pickier and recorded shit that I don't even put out because it just wasn't enough for me. I didn't love it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm only going to do this if I am like, this is going to be an awesome vibe 
collaboration conversation. So I'm excited about what's coming soon to give y'all. I also want to thank everyone who's bought merch. I feel your love. I feel your support. I could not do this show without you. And I think it's going to be a really kick-ass year. I'm pretty excited to watch it unfold. Okay, everyone, I will see you all next week. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day, a wonderful week. Until next time. I've got a show for you, Freaky Fam. If you're looking for a show with no shame around it and we're talking all things sex, guess what it's called? Shameless Sex, a kick-ass show that's a part of the Pleasure Podcast Network. Two awesome, funny, entertaining women that have a passion for educating and initiating shame-free conversations around sexuality. Here's a little bit more about the show and a word from their host, April and Amy. I'm Amy, sex and relationship coach, certified sex educator, and 2022's Sexpert of the Year in the sex toy industry. And I'm April, VP of Hot Octopus, Sex Toy Mogul, and 2016's Woman of the Year in the sex toy industry. Allow us to introduce you to Shameless Sex, a real talk, informative podcast all about sex and relationships, but with a playful twist. Want to learn how to eat pussy like a champ? Suck diak like a boss. Ew. How to better communicate, connect with, and touch lovers and partners. Or maybe you just want to be the master baiter of your own sexual pleasure. Shameless Sex releases episodes weekly and features accredited doctors, authors, therapists, and educators. Available on all podcast apps. Just look up Shameless Sex to discover your new best friends when it comes to all things sex and relationships. To learn more, visit shamelesssex.com.